Ladies and gentlemen, 7 o'clock on a Saturday night, and as usual, that means it's time for the other podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not. Hello, folks. It's John Hogue here, the other guy on the other podcast, and we don't have Diana this evening, Normally, we would be joined by our good friend, Diana Dealey, but uh, she's got an important dinner uh, tonight, and um, and so uh, our Valdosta correspondent will be absent, and we will miss her laughter. You, folks, you can find my good friend John Hogue's blogging at hogwash.com. Meanwhile, Stacy's blogging can be found over at theothermccain.com and other fine spots about the interwebs. Stacy, uh, it says right here at the top of the uh, 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 script here, uh, let you rant about football. Oh yes, indeed, folks. It's uh, it is that time. Um, uh, the air is getting crisp. The leaves are starting to turn, and that means it's another Saturday night in college football. Uh, right now, my good friend John Hogue's alma mater, Vanderbilt University, is valiantly holding on. Uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, trailing Missouri, Missouri ranked number 23, uh, by a score of 31 to 21. And so that, that, that one, there may be hope for that. I wouldn't bet on it. There were three to one odds going into the game for Missouri. And, you know, you, basically Vanderbilt is the SEC team that isn't ranked. Well, <laughs> anyway, speaking of ranked teams in the uh, – uh, in the SEC, the number one ranked uh, Georgia Bulldogs uh, managed to hold on to defeat the Auburn Tigers uh, 27 to 20. You know, as an Alabama man, uh, you know, my dad went to the University of Alabama, so I was raised up on the Crimson Tide. And, and uh, this was one of those games where it's hard to know who to root for. I mean, Georgia's number one, and you kind of like to see them taken down a peg, but do you really want Auburn to win? I don't think so. Meanwhile, well, that's like Auburn playing UT in my case. You know, they both, I would want them both to lose. In other uh, SEC action today, unranked Kentucky um, upset number 22 ranked uh, Florida, and it wasn't even close. Uh, 33 to 14, over 300 yards rushing by a running back named Ray Davis. 
Does that ring, name ring a bell? Well, he used to play for a school called Vanderbilt, but yeah. then transferred to Kentucky, and he ran all over, ran for uh, uh, 280 yards and three touchdowns um, against uh, Florida, and it was 33-14, to 14, and I guess that was in Lexington, right? I think so, Kentucky yeah. plays in Lexington. Uh, meanwhile, uh, let's see what else we have. Uh, number three, Texas defeated Kansas 40 to 14. Number two ranked Michigan stopped Nebraska 45 to seven. Uh, let's see what else have we got? Oh, the Cinderella story of the Colorado Buffaloes is, uh, taking another blow as the Buffaloes, uh, lost to eighth-ranked USC, that's uh, the University of South Carolina. Uh, We're going to talk later on about a famous alumni of USC, but uh, USC held on 48-41 to against Colorado. Most people confuse it with uh, John Wayne's alma mater, the other USC, Southern California. That's what it was, didn't You I? said South Carolina. Oh, I'm sorry. University of Southern <laughs> California. I was thinking of South Carolina. Okay. Anyway, no, it's uh, USC, the University of, of, of uh, Southern California. I'm sorry. I got confused there. Um, oh, my goodness. That was a bad typo, uh, a spoken word typo. Anyways, uh, uh, number nine, Penn State uh, defeated Northwestern. 41 to 13. That's up in Chicago land. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see what else we've got going on. Uh, right now, uh, number 20, Old Miss is at home in Oxford, uh, leading LSU. LSU ranked 13th. It's 20, uh, Old Miss 28, LSU 14. Meanwhile, out on the West Coast in Berkeley, uh, Stan. Oh, and that's not Berkeley. It's Palo Alto. Yes. I'm sorry, Palo Alto. Are we going to have to get you a geography? Book? I, I, I'm having a bad case of Bidenism tonight. Anyway, so uh, Stanford leads Oregon in the first quarter, three to nothing. Oregon ranked number nine, and later on tonight, um, uh, Alabama goes to Starkville to play Mississippi State, and there are some other schools playing tonight, but really, who cares? Meanwhile, speaking of football... St- Stacy, I am absolutely shocked to find you agreeing with O.J. Mm-hmm. O.J. Simpson knows all about two things, football and how to get away with murder. Uh, but I found myself agreeing with him uh, this week uh, when he uh, criticized um, Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields. If if we have any listeners in Chicago, watch out for the gunfire. Um, uh, you know, the Bears have been stinking it up this year. They're 0-3. And their alleged quarterback, who was drafted ahead of my boy Mac Jones, okay? And so I can never forgive that. Justin Fields from Ohio State uh, is their quarterback, and he sucks, man. I mean, he sucks so bad. Uh, And uh, 
And uh, meanwhile, on the roster, there's this guy from Martinsburg, West Virginia, not too far from here, who attended Tiny Shepherd University, a Division II school, where he broke the NCAA record for most touchdown passes in a career with 159. He didn't get drafted. It signed on as an undrafted free agent, made the roster uh, with the Chicago Bears, okay? And so this week, uh, O.J. Simpson said, quote, if Fields continues to think and not react, the way he playing is, they got a guy named Bajan, their rookie, that I predict you will be seeing him before the season's over. Even though I wish Justin Fields the very best, but this kid, Bajant, just like Brock Purdy, he's played a lot of college football at quarterback, and he's ready to be a pro quarterback. So uh, uh, so me and O.J. Simpson are telling you, watch out for Tyson Bajant. Okay, so, so just remember that name. And that is all the football tonight. Okay. And, well, until, until we see the final score well, with Vanderbilt anyway. <laughs> uh, we know what it's going to be. Oh, sure. You say uh, that. Uh, but anyway, look, hey, like uh, I'll translate the, the – if we're talking about Vanderbilt's football, I'll translate the, your, the headline off of one of your posts. So don't speak ill of the dead. <laughs> oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of uh, the dead, yeah, yeah. By, uh, uh, by Nicole way, Brown Simpson could not be reached for comment, but uh, well, no. Uh, uh, speaking of, uh, of the next thing, uh, probably the most tasteless and best meme I've seen about the the next story uh, was a picture of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and it was captioned. Don't worry, Diane. It's uh, dry heat. <laughs> See how oh, tasteless that God. was. Uh, uh, yes, um, my uh, uh, my headline in Latin. Uh, can you you pronounce Latin? Go yes. ahead. No, I'm going to make you do it. No, no, no. I'm not even going to try. No, but... I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just translate it for for the folks. It says, uh, "Don't speak ill of the dead." Yes. Of the dead, no ill speak, speak nothing but good yeah. of the dead is, is how that's uh, translated uh, to the vernacular. Well, and, uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, idiomatically, it is don't speak ill. I mean, Ill speak no ill of the dead, as yeah. they said. Well, anyways, Diane Feinstein is no longer in the Senate. And I then, in, one, in the comment section, <laughs> uh, commented, Ecta es fabula. Plaudite, which is uh, means the play is over. Applaud, and that's what was said at the end of plays in Roman theaters. It's also the last words of Augustus. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it, it's a for if so if you happen to be into Roman politics, yeah. If you're if you're studying Latin and speaking of the Senate, uh, <laughs> that's where we get that idea from. But the Democratic Party tradition of dying in office can be traced back to Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who, in 1940, chose to seek re-election for a third term, breaking the two-term precedent 
set by George Washington. Then, in 1944, with the excuse of World War II being underway, FDR got a fourth term, even though at that point it was clear that he probably didn't have much longer to live. So, there have been a few Republicans who followed uh, FDR's example, but generally it's Democrats who cling to office until the day they join the choir invisible. Uh, she is an ex-senator. She's pushing up the daisies. Uh, we should not therefore use the occasion of Senator Dianne Feinstein's death to criticize her for staying in the Senate long past the point where she was capable of discharging the duties of her office. She was a Democrat, and that's what Democrats always do if they can. In the one-party state that is the People's Republic of California, there was never a chance that Feinstein could have lost to a Republican. The only question now is which Democrat will succeed her to become the state's next senator for life. And here I remind you that uh, a couple of years ago, a guy named Gavin Newsom, Governor Hairgel as we call him, committed to appointing a black woman to fill Dianne Feinstein's seat. Okay, and so this is going to lead to an ugly, ugly situation because he's promised that rather than to Barbara Lee, uh, the congressman from, um, where's he, Oakland? Yeah. Uh, Los so. Angeles? Yeah. Watts? Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, no, I, I, anyways, but, but she is, she's a bad Democrat. <laughs> Barbara Lee is. Uh, yeah, she's from Oakland. Uh, which is uh, across which, the bay from San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, it is California's Baltimore, but we're going to get to that later on. But uh, but uh, Barbara Lee uh, has already announced, but uh, Governor uh, Hairgel has said that he's not going to. It would be unfair to appoint one of the candidates who's already running for the primary, and that includes uh, Congressman Adam Schiff. Shifty shift, uh, as you know, and a uh, a second term progressive named Katie Porter, who is a white woman. So there are two white people and Barbara Lee running for this Senate seat, um, and uh, Governor Hairgel has promised to appoint a black woman to fill out the rest of the term. But meanwhile, we're going to have a Waters. Oh yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah. 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 But anyways, but, but you've got two white people and a black woman running for a seat in a state where 40% of the population is Hispanic. And you wonder why so many Hispanics are voting for Trump. <laughs> okay. So, so, so we speak no ill of the, the dead, but Thank best, you for your excellent timing, but, Senator Feinstein. But this, 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 this leads us to the best conspiracy theory I heard all week. Okay. Uh, Governor Hairgel appoints Kamala Harris. <laughs> so she steps aside and uh, then, uh, of course, then the president nominates and uh, the two houses of Congress uh, 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 approve, approve uh, the new vice president. 
Governor Hairdrew, <laughs> who, then, who then runs uh, uh, in 2024 as uh, a semi-incumbent, sort of, you know, like uh, yeah. Daddy Bush. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the Lautenberg rule, uh, <laughs> as, I, as I call it. And I'll tell you what, Gavin Newsom. But, but anyways, I'm going to get out ahead of the headlines here and just say that Joe Biden did not commit suicide. Whatever. But in, in, well, look, uh, you need to also remember that this week, our uh, uh, national newspaper of record, the Babylon Bee, uh, had a story headline, Gavin Newsom says California believes in free speech. And if you disagree, you will be arrested. <laughs> that's so, a great headline. I mean, so, you know, that's that's California politics. And I'm so glad I escaped 33 years ago. Yes, um, yes. But I mean, you know, it's but you know, California's not the only place uh, where there's corruption. Although not everybody can see the corruption as well as others. <laughs> yeah, the uh, talking point for the Democrats this week has been that there is no evidence of uh, Joe Biden's corruption, and the the headline this week that that really got people's attention, except for people in the media, by the way. Uh, Hunter Biden received $250,000 in wire transfers originating in Beijing with the beneficiary address listed as Joe Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware. And so this was a uh, uh, this was part of what was released this week. the the transfers uh, came from a company called uh, BHR Partners, a joint venture between Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca, the investment firm that, or the consulting firm, and the Chinese investment firm Bohai Capital. Uh, it is, is so. It's a private equity firm controlled by the Bank of China. Okay, and who runs the Bank of China? Hint, 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 the Communist Party. But any, everybody knows this. But anyways, the the benefit on the wire transfer, okay, with with Hunter Biden as uh, the money was sent to an address, 1209 Barley Mill Road in Wilmington, Delaware, which is, of course, Joe Biden's home address. And this was in uh, 2019 after Biden had already declared that he was running for president in 2020. Has so, anybody found the money? Oh, they're, they're, they're looking. Well, I mean, like, for, like, have they checked the uh, glove compartment of uh, his vet? <laughs> uh, or maybe some boxes in the garage. Yeah. Or, well, look, the whole thing is that what the have here is the Democrats relying on Homer Simpson's law. Homer Simpson's yeah. law. Homer Simpson, who famously stated, "Facts are meaningless. You can use facts to prove anything that's remotely true." <laughs> and, and and you know, so I mean, obviously, all these facts are meaningless. Uh, Jonathan Turley uh, was uh, spoke at the, the the committee hearing about this uh, this week and. He, he has published on the, on the internet, on his website, the 10 points that he said uh, were reasons why, the, don't prove that there's an impeachable offense, but 
are, are enough of the smoking gun to you ought to look into this. And so, you know, and he said, this is just, this is just 10, uh, there are a whole lot more. Uh, <laughs> so, but so, I mean, you know, here you have somebody who has, uh, been providing advice to Congress about the impeachments since back in 94. Yeah. Uh, and uh, is saying, I've, I, I haven't seen conclusive evidence to prove one thing or another, or even that, uh, you know, you've got this, but it, this sure smells like probable cause that's worth looking into. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but yeah, Joe Biden's got white, Democrat privilege. Uh, and so, um, so, uh, yeah, but on the other hand, he's, uh, you know, unfor it, it, it's, un it, it, it's fortunate for the country, uh, that one of the things that, uh, Monroe and Madison didn't want in the constitution as grounds for impeachment was maladministration because Okay. Yeah, oh my I guess God! They could, yeah. Well, that could be a, a, a point of agree disagreement over, and really, it was what really was what uh, the Johnson impeachment was about after the Civil War. But you know, it's it, it's 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 really lucky for Biden. Otherwise, this would be an open and shut case. On the other hand, he's not the only leader who's having issues <laughs> with uh, not getting all the eyes dotted and T's crossed. Uh, there have been some. Uh, Illegal immigration-related uh, things up north of us, Stacey. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, this is very interesting. Yeah, uh, you know the uh, we speak of Governor Hanchel out in California, but up in uh, up in Canada, the Great White North, uh, they have uh, Governor uh, uh, Prime Minister Prime Minister Trudeau, Justin Trudeau. Um, uh, who stepped in it the, this week? They they were having Zelensky speak to the Canadian Parliament. See, we have a Congress like real Americans, but up there they have a Parliament. Uh, but anyway, so uh, a week ago Friday, um, uh, Justin Trudeau and Ukrainian uh, President Vladimir uh, Zelensky uh, were there uh, when. The House, the Speaker of the House of Commons, Anthony Rota, prompted a standing ovation as he honored, quote, a veteran from the Second World War who fought for Ukrainian independence against the Russians and continues to support the troops today, even at the age of 98. His name is Yaroslav Hunka. He is a Ukrainian hero, a Canadian hero, and we thank him for his service. And uh, both um, Zelensky and Trudeau applauded this Ukrainian hero, Yaroslav Hunka. Uh, but it didn't take long for people to figure out that who was fighting against the Russians in World War II? Oh, his division. Uh, the division that he fought in against Russia in World War II uh, was also known as the 14th Waffen Grenadier Division 
uh, of the uh, SS, the Nazi SS, and uh, they they committed various atrocities, uh, as you might expect, uh, fighting for the Nazis. And, well, and the so pro- the the problem with this guy, you know, you could almost say if the guy had. Uh, joined the Germans to shoot at the Russians. And when the uh, Russians came back through, uh, even fell back (laughs) with them. But the point is, is that as they were falling back, he stayed in the SS and he was involved in what the SS was doing in Poland. You know, you know. um, And Poland now wants to extradite him. I, you know, I try to see uh, this uh, history through a balanced perspective, okay? And uh, given what um, the Soviets, the Bolsheviks had done in Ukraine, uh, Ukraine, Ukrainians looking for an excuse to kill Russians had plenty of reasons to do that in 1940. Okay? Right, and if and if and if and in 1941, I should say. Yeah, but if, and if you're one of those Ukrainians and somebody hands you a uh, Mauser rifle to do it with, guess what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. You, so yeah, anyway, I, I so anyways, I try to see both. Uh, well, know, I, I can understand why somebody gets involved in this, but it's what happened afterwards and the, the, the crimes in Poland. Well, anyway, anyways, you know, that we're now into this, the great patriotic war that, that we now have going on in Ukraine to where somehow uh, you're un-American if you don't uh, go along with whatever, uh, you know, uh, the uh, NATO and Biden and everyone else is doing in uh, Ukraine. You know, I, you know, look, I can understand why the Ukrainians want their land back and want the Russians out. And I can understand that it is uh, uh, in a lot of people around the world, including the United States interest for uh things not to go well for the Russians in this uh, thing. But that doesn't mean that it's a free pass for them for whatever they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. So now you have liberals actually applauding a literal Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's what it gets to because they're just, as I said, liberals are just so simple-minded. They they think in, in these Monarchian uh, categories of, of good and evil and... You're assuming they're thinking, they're moting most for the most part. No, and you can look and see what's going on down here with the sanctuary cities. Uh huh. I mean, there was a thing in USA Today uh, early in the week um, where they had a thing, and the the tweet they had promoting their piece was from Staten Island to. Staten Island to San Diego, some Americans are getting frustrated with migrants arriving in their neighborhood with few options for them. And, you know, I had to, uh, I had to do a, a short post about this because basically while S- Staten Island's the only borough in New York City to vote for Trump in 2020, the rest of the city, uh, the rest of the city is mentioned in this U.S., day uh, piece, including El Paso, Texas, and Eagle Pass, Texas, all voted decisively. By that, I mean by like 56 or 7% or more uh, for Biden. And they're getting what they voted for good and hard. Yes, uh, uh, that's H.L. Mencken. Uh, democracy is the theory that the common people know what they want 
and deserve to get it good and hard. And, so. and that's just the thing here. I also had a piece about New York City's fair share. Uh, Musk went down to Eagle Pass uh, and in his uh, tweets about it, he, he noted that the border crisis is worse every day, exclamation point. Uh, New York City is buckling under the load already. And that's true. But according to Politico, uh, uh, when I was looking around checking for how many migrants uh, New York's received, New York's received over 100,000 migrants since the spring of 2022. And that kind of seems like a lot until you do a little bit of math. Uh, you take uh, New York City's population and divide it by the population of the whole country, and their fair share uh, of uh, uh, would be about 2.2% of the migrants, which given the number of, that have come in, that's roughly 140,000. So they're still running at like 70% of what their fair share is, and they're buckling. But they are a sanctuary city. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, uh, have you heard the latest news out of Sweden, by the way? Yeah, uh, I was... they've actually called out the armed forces to deal with their uh, migration problem. And because uh, it's turned into like gang warfare with bombings and shootings. Well, actually, in the that's not the latest piece that came out of uh, Sweden. OK, today. go ahead. Uh, uh, there was a, an Arab immigrant cab driver who was arrested for raping a 14-year-old girl. And uh, he, you know, got out on bail or whatever and was found hanged on uh, a tree in the forest. And it looks like uh, he was hanged by the boys, by the girl's boyfriend and his brothers. Uh, so, you know, it, it, things are getting out of hand that it's vigilante justice. Yeah. Even yeah. in places like, you know, that you think of like Sweden. Well, you know, got to remember the, the uh, wind the history back to the 17th century and, and tell me about how peaceful the Swedes were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened to Sweden, but uh, yeah, they um, they've lost it up there. It's uh, it's very bad. Uh, uh, but speaking of very bad things, yeah, well, let's speak. Of, let's speak of something that's very good. Okay, the yellow button. Yes, folks. If you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, uh, you will notice uh, near the uh, in the center column uh, near the top a yellow button with the word donate on there. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account. Uh, where you can contribute dollars, pesos, euros, yen, shekels, whatever currency you've got except Russian rubles, you can contribute through the PayPal donate button, and uh, and uh, that will go to help support the blog, to help support this podcast, but most of all, uh, to make my wife happy because she likes it when I make money off of this deal and keeping my wife happy is job number one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend, John Hogue's blog, hogwash.com. Uh, yeah, well, I don't have a yellow button, but I do have in the sidebar over on the right, a tip jar icon. Click on that and you'll be taken away to uh, my uh, PayPal account where you can help support Hogwash or this podcast, or just be nice and send me a donation. Regardless, 
you can uh, how you choose to support me, though. We've got other ways to do this. Um, you can use the Amazon shopping links that you'll find at Hogwash or at theothermccain.com or other fine spots about the interwebs. But we both our blogs participate in the Amazon affiliate program. When you use those shopping links, the blogger gets a small piece of the action, something good that uh, ha it happens from Amazon to support the blogosphere. Or you can shop at the Hogwash store. But regardless of how you choose to support us, please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. Now, there is some good news, though, about uh, uh, the possibly upcoming... We're not sure uh, whether we're going to get this or not, but there is some good news coming. Uh, I picked this up from uh, our good uh, friend, the uh, vodka pundits, uh, Stephen Green. Uh, he has noted that, uh, as, that that the Office of Management and Budget has told the IRS that, no, for the most part, you're not essential employees. And roughly two-thirds of the IRS gets uh, sent home during the shutdown. So... Um, it's nice to know that there something good could could come out of the, the shutdown. Meanwhile, in my case, you know, I work as a contractor uh, at Goddard Space Flight Center. I'm not a government employee, but most of my day yesterday was spent uh, completing as much paperwork as possible as I could, so that if we have to do an orderly shutdown, as it's called on Monday, um, then uh, That'll work. Um, now, we'll just see if Congress actually gets their act together between now and then. Uh, we'll get into what the situation is on that in a bit. Um, but um, now, I reti I've retired a couple of times, and I was retired in 2013, 10 years ago, was <laughs> one of the other times that this happened. And um, it turned out there was a shutdown, and I, even though I was retired, uh, was still participating in some of the engineering seminars at Goddard. And um, the end of the fiscal year train wreck uh, resulted in my missing out on a seminar. And I mentioned that on the blog. And uh, our acquaintance, Bill Smallfeld, decided he would make fun of me. Uh, <laughs> Bill by, Smallfeld. By saying, yes, by, 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 by tweeting that suffering of 2.1 million federal employees and the ripple effect in the economy be damned. Hogue will miss this seminar. Yeah, well, right. Um, uh, that I, I brought up a post uh, about uh, that uh, called Maybe McCain is Right because Stacy refers to uh, Smallfeld as a deranged cyber stalker. Um, I really kind of like uh, Ken White's uh, classification. Uh, Ken White is po uh, the guy behind Popat uh, of uh, the cabin boy, uh, uh, as we refer to Bill sometimes, as a disturbed freak. So, yeah. how did, by the way, how did we get the dread pirate Brad Kimberlin? What was the. He had, he had, if you'll remember back in the initial stuff in 2012, uh, he put up a. There was a, a, a thing called there was a thing called the Bloggers Defense Fund that was supporting uh, uh, Aaron Walker in his uh, uh, legal uh, to do's with with Kimberlin. And uh, Kimberlin put up a website called the Bloggers Oath Offense Fund that was pirate themed. 
And it was pirate themed. It huh? was pirate themed, and of course, so we we so got well, him the dread pirate, Kimberlin, uh, 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 making fun of him as being the uh, uh, opposite of how effective a pirate he was compared to dread pirate Roberts. Oh, okay. All right, that and was. that's how he, he, Bill got to, to be, be the, the cabin, cabin boy. Yeah, okay. yeah, and Neil Rauhauser became the first mate, and there were other okay, people. yes. So, uh, yeah, that's how that happened. Meanwhile, um, the house has sort of kind of passed uh, a, a, a continuing resolution. I was watching that action go down, and it was really nonsensical the, the way the the Democrats were uh, speaking against the continuing resolution, and then uh, it passed with Democrat support, and only one Democrat voted against it. After after uh, Jeffries, their their leader, uh, spent forty five minutes ranting about it against it. Uh, so anyway, uh, but you know that wasn't the funnest thing that happened all day in the, with the House. Stacey, you you've got a post up about yes, uh, uh, about the. Um, the uh, Capitol Police are now investigating Democrat Congressman Jamal Bowman uh, for pulling a fire alarm, allegedly, allegedly, I hasten to add. Yeah, and I, I mean, just because there's live video of him doing it. Doesn't yeah, it? yeah. In an attempt to delay uh, the, if, uh, the vote on the continuing resolution to fund the government and prevent the uh, government shutdown. Uh, and so he allegedly uh, pulled this uh, fire uh, alarm and uh, Democrats are trying to explain it away. But, uh, but recall that uh, January 6th protesters, okay, you know, pro-Trump supporters, uh, we're sentenced to years in federal prison. Uh, we uh, actually know some of these people who got sentenced to years in federal uh, prison for interrupting official proceedings in Congress. Okay, and yet a Democrat thinks he can pull a fire alarm to stop a congressional vote. Uh, but uh, anyways, the um, bill passed uh, 335 to 91. Most of the, the, the votes against it, all but one of them, uh, were Republicans who, who consider it uh, not, uh, it, it's not what they wanted, okay? The, the uh, Matt Gates crowd uh, is unhappy. Uh, but Mitch McConnell had already announced that Senate Republicans, instead, instead of voting for the uh, uh, garbage compromise bill that uh, Chuck Schumer um, wanted the Senate to pass, instead Republicans uh, will vote for the um, House version of the uh, of the funding bill. Well, they, they have to now because the House amended the bill. So, right, right, right. Well, anyways, uh, at, at last I heard um, uh, Colorado Sen Democratic Senator Michael Bennett is currently holding up the Senate vote uh, because the bill passed by the House contains no additional funding to Ukraine. Okay, so in other words, uh, we must give money to Zelensky 
uh, or else we're going to shut down the government. Notice who is shutting down the government. It's not the Republicans. Republicans are agreed on what they want to do. It's the Democrats. But I, I was ranting about this uh, before we went on the air. This all goes back to the 90s when Bill Clinton vetoed the budget, okay, the, the, passed, the, the spending bill passed by Congress. He vetoed it because it didn't do, it didn't spend money or, or it, it didn't have what he wanted in it. Uh, and then blamed the Republicans in Congress. Newt Gingrich was demonized. Uh, this was, uh, this, a lot of this had to do with welfare reform. They wanted uh, uh, to install what's called workfare. And, um, but anyways, uh, but this is, uh, this fight over the budget, Democrats figured out that they could shut down the government and blame Republicans. And the same thing keeps happening. Well, you know, like I said, I watched this afternoon, uh, the live feed from the house as they voted on it. And then I'm sitting here on one of my monitors. I have, uh, the, uh, Senate live feed up, except it's just a slide that's, says the Senate stands in recess subject to the call of the chair. So, you know, here it is after seven o'clock on the, in the evening uh, of the last day before they need to get this done. Well, of course, it's not going to be too particularly disastrous if things are shut down on a, on a Sunday, but uh, for a Sunday, because um, most of the bureaucrats aren't at work anyway. But uh, it's, you know, if this thing isn't going Monday, uh, I have to go in for half a day to finish uh, uh, putting a, a, a lot of equipment in safe mode and uh, other stuff in, you know, safe storage, and uh, then go home after a half day. And so will the Gubbies as well. And, uh, you know, so we'll just see uh, what they decide to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, meanwhile, though, we have an election coming next year. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Uh, you kind of can't get away from it. And um, Jennifer Rubin. Uh, oh, God. Jennifer, Jennifer Rubin. She had a tweet. Uh, uh, if you want to save democracy in 2024, Biden is the only viable choice. The voice of sanity. Now that's <laughs> yeah, the, the voice of senility. Uh, she, I think she had a, there was a misspelling there. Yeah. Well, uh, considering, but okay. But, uh, and basically, you know, the, the, uh, I, I, my spin on the Washington post's, uh, motto is democracy dies in dirtness. And, you know, if I want to save democracy in 2024, uh, Look, think about a good functional definition of democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for lunch, right? Uh, and with that in mind, I'm more interested in retaining and strengthening the republic that was bequeathed to us by the founding fathers than anything to do with instigating a democracy around here. On the other hand, we had to, I do have some interesting things coming up. Uh, it looks like uh, in the, uh, the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. is uh, going to announce that he's running as an independent. 
And uh, that should do for the Democrats uh, <coughs> what independent, uh, an independent running in 96 did for the Republicans. <laughs> yeah, I, um, uh, you know, RFK is a, a loony bird. Uh, I, I mean, the guy is just daft, okay? And he's, he's definitely uh, to the left of liberal. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's, it, I go back to World War II, remember, okay? When it was time to fight the communists, we, uh, you know, uh, when, it, when it was time to fight the Nazis, we didn't care that the communists were on our side. Well, and, 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 and the and Ukrainians it's, it's didn't solid. care that they had to side with the Nazis. To get, so people make alliances uh, a thing. And, and I think that uh, having, uh, you know, the possibility of a three-way debate <laughs> because you know, as soon as RFK declares, he's going to be in double digits, right? Well, right. I or, mean, or, or at least, or at least up to around eight or nine percent. I'll give no, you that. no, no. He'll he'll be he'll be around ten or eleven percent. But Joe see, every, everybody's thinking about this in terms of Biden and uh, Kennedy and Trump on that stage. But what if it's Kennedy? And Newsom and DeSantis. Uh, well, you we know, that, 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 or something like that. You know, that, this this just gets to be really interesting. Well, I I think so, but but the uh, but the but the but the point is the point I'm making is that Joe Biden is deeply deeply unpopular. Okay. And and he gave a speech this week in which he you always know, talking about the threat to democracy from MAGA. Right. What does MAGA stand for? Make America great again. Okay. So trying to make America great is bad for democracy. That's, that's his argument. Okay. People who want America to be a great country are a threat to democracy. Okay. Well, no, hold it. They're, they're a threat to, in scare quotes, our democracy. And it's just a matter of who our includes. Yes. Well, anyways, but, uh, but this, um, elitist, uh, uh, kind of view. And, and like I said earlier, you know, liberals are just so simple minded. Um, and so this scare tactic of, Oh, the threat to democracy. Well, uh, that goes away once it becomes a, 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 a three-way race. And once you have, uh, you know, because Biden's popularity is somewhere south of 40 percent. But, you know, the other thing about these liberals is they're all for democracy, except when they get outvoted. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just. Yeah. But why debate it, John? <clears throat> well, we haven't had any debates yet. We did have an, uh, a sort of kind of out-of-control panel discussion among the Republicans this past week. Yeah, I, I, I ignored it. I, I refuse to refer to them as debates. They're really panel discussions. And a significant amount of time this last go-around was wasted by the panelists just talking over each other. Um, you know, as, 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 as I looked, uh, Burgum, the uh, governor from North Dakota, it was real, actually came off as kind of understanding who he was, how he fit in, uh, and uh, to what his job was as governor, and the idea that 
there were just things that aren't the business of the federal government. And there were a couple of times when, you know, he kind of stunned the uh, the person uh, posing the question by saying, well, that, you know, basically it's not my job uh, uh, as, as president to do that. You know, it's some governor's job to deal with it. Um, Christie, by the way, also talked about how to use federal assets within constitutional limits to solve some of the problems that were being presented. But even he, like all the rest of the people up there, had at least, I think, one uh, idea for a federal law to uh, address some non-federal problem. Uh, I watched the two South Carolinians, and neither one of them came off well. Um, Scott's lack of executive experience just showed in his answers. And Nikki Haley just got annoying. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that ain't going to work. Pence has passed his sell-by days. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, you know, there certainly was not, not a whole lot of energy there. Ramaswamy the, uh, uh, is like he's a kid with a bunch of really good ideas that aren't really well thought out and well politically integrated. Um, uh, Bismarck famously uh, said that uh, politics is the art of the possible. And it's like some of the things that Ramaswamy wants to do just aren't doable in any practical way, at least in the short run. Uh, then we get to DeSantis, who, quite frankly, I don't... Everybody's telling me he won the debate, but I don't, I don't, I don't understand how he, he didn't hurt himself, but, but I don't understand how he moved the needle positively, but people are telling me he did. So who won? Uh, Burgum came off as the adult in the room, and Christie talked a game that would be good if he could ever get the voters to trust him. Um, and I, like I said, I don't understand how DeSantis, he didn't hurt himself, but he didn't move the needle one way or the other. So... Given the idea that the b debate was in California, I probably think the winner was Newsom. Hmm. But you didn't you didn't uh, actually it, spend any time with it. What the debate? Debate? Oh man, I I I, I don't care. I, I mean, see, here's the thing: is that you know, going back to uh, going back to 2010. If you think about the uh, Tea Party year, I went all in on the primaries. And as soon as the primaries were over, and I mean literally on, um, on election night in 2010, I was in Boca Raton at the victory party for uh, Alan West, okay? Alan West, you know, who, who uh, represented Congress. He's now out in Texas. But anyways, Alan West uh, had his victory party in Boca Raton. And my um, my phone rang while I was out having a cigarette, uh, you know, getting ready to file my story. My phone rang, and it was a buddy of mine that I'd met during the uh, Tea Party campaigns uh, who says, hey, what do you think... Uh, uh, <laughs> What do you think? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, what do you think about Herman Cain? I said, ooh, I like that idea. I was uh, That's excellent. He says, we're going to start a draft Herman Cain uh, website. And I said, excellent idea. I said, let me get in touch with my uh, friends, um, uh, friends on the um, 
uh, uh, Palin in Team Palin. And so the next day, on my um, on my way uh, driving up through Florida, I you know I called uh, my contact on the in the Palin camp and said, to, "So is is Sarah in or out?" And uh, and they said, "Well." You know, we can't say either way. I said, I said, red light, green light, yellow light. I said, well, kind of a yellow light. Okay, thank you. So uh, then I called. Oh my God, what's her name? Oh, oh my God, she's from she's from Louisiana. Oh my God, I can't remember her name. With Herman Cain, she was Herman Cain's uh, person, uh, media contact person, and and I called her Ellen. Carmichael. Thank you. It, it took a while. Ellen Carmichael. I called up Ellen, you know, I says, uh, uh, come on, what is it? What is it? It's green light, red light, yellow light. She said, he said, off the record, it's a green light. And I called back my friend, Steve. And I said, I said, I'm down. And so the day after the election in 2010, I jumped aboard the uh, Herman Cain bandwagon at the point where nobody had any idea that her, you know, Herman Cain was going to be a candidate. I wrote it all the way to the top. And as you know, everything just went to shit. Uh, and we ended up with Mitt Romney. Uh, despite, you know, so many of us were trying to stop Mitt Romney, and yet he got the nomination. After that, I'm just like, fuck the primaries. I, I can't have any influence on it. Uh, so it's going to be whoever wins the primary, fine. I'm not voting Democrat. I know that. So, you know, so I have stopped paying attention to Republican primaries. Well, yeah, and I can understand that. It's like not paying attention to gubernatorial elections in Maryland, or mm. if we were unfortunate enough to be in Baltimore. Oh my God. Uh, not bothering to vote there. I mean, Baltimore <laughs> hasn't had an effective mayor since Don Schaefer. <laughs> well, and you know, you know, speaking of, fact, of Baltimore, speaking of Baltimore in the comments on the post, yeah. In the comments on the post, uh, uh, that we're about to get to. Somebody put in a video for a song by Strawberry Alarm Clock from the late 1960s, Barefoot in Baltimore. And I was like, Strawberry Alarm Clock? Well, you know who was in Strawberry Alarm Clock? As, don't a, you? as a matter of fact, I do. It was Ed King, who subsequently became a guitarist for a little old band from Jacksville called Leonard Skinner. Yeah, but, so we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Oh, well, meanwhile. Meanwhile, back in uh, Baltimore, Baltimore, but not just Baltimore, Maryland. Maryland. St Stacy, every once in a while we talk about crazy people, but in this case, uh, and a crazy state can be dangerous. Yes, yes, yes. The headline on my post is building a deeply inclusive culture. Um, and uh, this year, uh, Forbes magazine named 26-year-old Pava LaPere to its prestigious 30 under 30 list of business leaders. A graduate of Johns Hopkins University, LaPere co-founded a successful startup company Echo Map Technologies, based in Baltimore. LaPere was recently praised by her co colleagues, quote, Pava 
was not only the visionary force behind Echo Map, but was also a deeply compassionate and dedicated leader. Her untiring commitment to our company, to Baltimore, to amplifying the critical work of ecosystems across the country, and to building a deeply inclusive culture as a leader, friend, and partner, set a standard, end quote. Well, you may have noticed the past tense verb was, because did I mention, I'm pretty sure I did, the, that LaPere based her company in Baltimore where the crime is worse than Chicago. And so they had Well, one. I mean, if, all you have to do is rewind a couple of decades and what was the name of the uh, TV show based in Baltimore? Homicide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the headline. It ain't, 20, got, it ain't got any better. The headline 26 year old tech CEO dead of blunt force trauma, police investigating homicide. The cause of death was blunt force trauma. And also, as it turned out, the culture of inclusive, uh, the kind of inclusive culture that makes Baltimore so dangerous. Um, her body was found on the rooftop of her Baltimore apartment building Monday. She died of strangulation and blunt force trauma, court documents say. I'm reading here, by the way, from CNN. No, you're not. <laughs> Don't, uh, no, you're the not. link is to CNN. No, the link is to WJ. No, no. W, WJZ is a, uh, is a CBS owned okay. and operated station. Makes Baltimore so dangerous. Do you see the phrase makes Baltimore yeah. so dangerous? Okay. What is that? What does that link go to CNN? Uh, okay. Well, that you, you're, you're, you're referring to uh, the CNN affiliate WJZ, which is owned by CBS. Okay. Well, anyways, yes. Well, CNN affiliate WJZ, I was going to give you an excuse, but we're not going to no, do it. No, they're, okay. they're, no they're, they're not an affiliate of CNN. They're owned by CBS. Okay. That's fine. Uh, her body was found near a, near a brick and a pair of red shoes. By the way, they, the, they also found her teeth nearby. Um, she suffered trauma to the head, face and body. Uh, but even before she was killed, the man suspected of killing her was being tracked by investigators because police believed he was responsible for a rape, arson, and attempted murder days earlier. Um, uh, this is Jason Dean Billingsley, who is a convicted sex offender who was sentenced to 30 years in prison uh, 10 years ago, but was released from prison last year. Well, how did that happen? We'll get to it. Um, on uh, September 19th, um, that is a, uh, uh, is it? that was a Tuesday, I believe. But in, on September 19th, uh, Billingsley, police believe, is responsible for an arson, rape, and attempted murder. Billingsley is accused of raping and attacking a woman before setting her and her boyfriend on fire. Okay. They managed to survive. Uh, 
All indications are this was not a random act of violence, uh, the police commissioner said. But anyways, three days later was when LaPere was killed. Um, and there was a video that shows Billingsley following LaPere down the street. Okay. And he, she didn't notice him. She went inside the door of this apartment building. By the way, it's a, it's an old bank that has been restored into sort of luxury apartments. Uh, and she went into the lobby, and then Billingsley came to the door, acting as if he had difficulty, uh, as if he had forgotten his keys. Lapere opened the door for him. He followed her into the elevator. And less than 40 minutes later, he was seen leaving. Her body was later found on the roof of the building. Well, um, Pavel LaPere let the convicted sex offender into her building. Think about that. He was a fugitive suspect wanted on attempted murder charges. Uh, why? Uh, See, and it's about building a deeply inclusive culture. The headline on a, uh, another story, slain Baltimore Tech CEO wanted to disrupt industry's boys network. Members of Baltimore's tech scene say Pavel LaPere was committed to social justice. She wanted to disrupt the tech industry's reigning power structure of white men and make way for more women and other people from disadvantaged groups. She studied computer science for three years before switching her major to sociology because, she said, uh, she wanted to um, use uh, entrepreneurship to solve in inequalities in society. Echo Map has committed to a 50-50 goal of employing a staff that is half women and half people of color. And don't you know, she was also a supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, posting on her social media, I think that's a, an Insta and, 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 and here's, a, uh, Instagram. And here's the dangerous part of, about Maryland being a dangerous state. Uh, you get convicted of something like this in Maryland, you only have to uh, serve a third of your sentence before you become eligible for consideration for parole. And the, the people who are responsible for paroling people are more interested in letting people out of jail than uh, having justice uh, for the community. Yeah, public safety uh, uh, kind of uh, takes a backseat to uh, social justice. Uh, but the uh, Daily Mail interviewed the victim of his 2013 crime. Click that link and read her story. Okay. Uh, but, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's how it goes in Baltimore. Uh, a city where uh, Joe Biden got 87% of the vote. And even in places in the state that uh, are more sanely operated, we send people to jail for 50 years and they come back after 15 or eight, 16 or 18. That's and right. And doing the same stuff all over. Well, folks, I hear the boogie woogie music in the background that tells me 
It's time uh, for us to wrap this thing up. Uh, uh, we'll be back next Saturday at our usual time. Hopefully, Diana will be able to join us on that one. That'll be uh, good. At 7 p.m. Eastern, Saturday night. So uh, make sure you don't miss it. Uh, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next week, Stacy. And once again, I really hope we get Diana back. She's lots of fun. Uh, we'll see ya. Good night, folks. Thank you.